This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello and welcome to the penultimate Simple Politics podcast episode of the year. Uh, we have this is our final typical episode because next week we are going to be doing an end of year special so that's very exciting but as always I have with me the wonderful Tatten and Diane how are you both hey Charlotte good in general just getting that very much end of year end of term vibes from politics at the minute <laughs> <laughs> I yes. just don't think that's yeah. right like, well I said like, it. Like, we are, yeah, I'm, I know, I'm aware you said it. That doesn't make it correct. Um, I just like, with everything that's going on, it feels it feels mid-term. It doesn't mm. feel like we're winding down. I, I, except, except that you could say we're finishing a series on like a finale. On a high, a cliff edge. On a, on a, on mm. a cliff edge so that everyone comes back in January yeah. to see what's going to happen. Definite, but 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 the, the problem with this is that you ha- you have to come back in January. There's no you can't you can't opt out. We're all we got to live. We're gonna have to live through January just like we lived through 2023. The misery, oh. <laughs> joy. <sighs> anyway, uh, on that bright note, <laughs> Tatten, do you have an update on the shop for us? Oh yeah, well, what, I mean, just buy stuff, yeah. Like we got great stuff. You need to buy it because I'm just gonna. I've got I've got some time over Christmas to come and do a like house to house check, podcast listeners, to make sure that you've got <laughs> the requisite number of copies of Policy Odyssey and my books. Obviously, my books, and so that's that's important to me that you buy those and you have them by the front door ready for inspection. When I come round, <laughs> okay, is that uh, what Tat was is that the update supposed you wanted? to say on the script? Is that uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> well, it, it was better. It was even better than expected. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to buy something from the shop and make Tatten happy, uh, you have until midday on Tuesday, the nineteenth of December, if you want to get it before Christmas. If you don't want to get it before Christmas, buy it whenever you want. You know, you do you. But yes, if you're listening on Friday, you have a few more days left. There we go. I think mine was more fun. <laughs> yeah, but we've got to do the series as well to like let people know. I should also do a disclaimer. You I'm know. now worried you're going to be like not sleeping at night in case I come round. So I'm not. I'm not going to come round. I haven't <laughs> yeah. got a register of podcast listeners. No, um, we can GDPR. Can't, GDPR can't and and also you know the police saying <laughs> yes. I can't do that, um, which is quite frankly shows the topsy turvy world we live in. Can't even say Christmas anymore. Okay, before we scare anybody else off, let's move on to the first section of the podcast. This is uh, the top post of the week. So Tatten, 
what was our third most popular post of the week? Our third most popular post of the week was uh, the 12th of December 2019, uh, which was marked exactly four years ago for when Boris Johnson won the election. And it made me think, I mean, there's a lot of stuff around in the papers about four years. I just couldn't couldn't quite believe it. Diane was like, no, it's real. Um, Because Diane obviously joined us for the uh, 2019 general Mm. election. Uh, yeah, so that was that, but that's not that wasn't the main focus of the point. The focus of the point post was Keir Starmer, and I believe we're talking about him later, aren't we? Um, so I won't, I won't dwell. No, we're not talking about Keir Starmer later. <laughs> um, I so, shall be talking about Keir Starmer alone in my God. office later. Um, uh, he so he came to give a speech. And it's like, look, four years on, here I am, cometh the hour, cometh the starmer. And it was brilliant because he was Silverstone and they were like, because they're making trucks, right, in Silverstone, but they're electric trucks. And that's like really exciting. I had some electric trucks when I was a child, but they were like electric trucks. They were quite little. Um, but these were big ones, and he made a speech with big electric trucks behind him, and he said nothing new, and he looked competent, and he he delivered some strong lines. He's not. What's exciting about next year, lovely listener? What's exciting is that Keir Starmer's going to have to start telling us stuff. He's going to have to start giving us something to believe in, because at the moment he's deliberately just not being conservative and that's working really well for him uh but next year we're going to get real promises we're going to really know what a labor government would look like and i'm excited for that just like i'm excited to know how sunak's going to sell sell the conservative party legislation so we had we had a speech it was a bit nothingy that's what happened on the 12th of december exciting yeah it's hard to believe it's been four years Think of everything that's happened. Lifetime, isn't it? Since then. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to believe it's been yeah. four years until you think back and go, oh my God, yeah, that's definitely four years. Like a lot's happened. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has happened. Yeah. Diane, what was our second most popular post of the week? Okay, in it too was about secondary education. Oh, everyone loves the topic of secondary education because I think very much it's personal you remember what you did at school and what you went through in your curriculum and then yeah everyone sort of has definitely got opinion on this and and skin in the game and the Lords cross-party group of peers have just published a big report and the Lords have thrown quite a lot of shade on the way things are currently done And they called the whole report requires improvement, which was like, boom, (laughs) the Ofsted rating. (laughs) So, um, but the main things in this were around the government said some time ago that they want to move towards this kind of baccalaureate type system, sort of going away from A-levels and T-levels and kind of combining and making this this thing where people will have maths and English to 18. You know, that's what they ideally like. And the Lords, their whole report focuses around the fact that actually that's too narrow and it's not for everyone. Education isn't one size fits all. There should be more scope to study other things. 
they pulled stats for the numbers of people doing things like design technology and drama, and they've just plummeted. They've really plummeted because the focus at the minute in schools is on rote learning and getting certain certain stats on certain means mean qualifications like your English, your maths. Okay. So a lot of teachers resonated with this. That's why it's got a lot of likes and that's why it's ended up at number two this week. But will anything change? The report's great, but will anything change? I think that's, there's a lot of other issues with school at the minute. You know, even today I read an article, we're st- they're still dealing with rack, the, the the crumbling concretey stuff. We're still dealing with teacher shortages. We're still dealing with a real demotivation in the, in that workforce because of resources. So curriculum might be way further down the line for uh, an update. But yeah, well, I mean, it's it, it's 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 certainly not going to change before the election. No, no. It's but not. we might see with these Lords' recommendations, we might see. Both main parties, a main party, pick them up. Choose choose to to mm. put a curriculum shake up in their manifesto. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I think a, there's a phrase for it. I can't remember, but what gets measured gets done. If you give mm. schools a target for English and maths, they will meet that target mostly. Yeah, but to do it, they will cut everything else and that's something they've got a problem they've got on the nhs is mm. that they keep having target targets for for you know weights at a and e and so they find a way of you not counting as still waiting if you've been given a lollipop like people make meet targets but they often meet them by sacrificing other things so too many targets is really problematic mm because that becomes the only thing that gets done mm-hmm. and other bits fall by the wayside. Like I talk a lot about um, citizenship education and politics education. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm giving a keynote speech at citizenship education, like some at a citizenship education thing, possibly next year. Anyway, um, it is impossible to measure outcomes of citizenship. It's impossible to sit someone down and find out how good they are at listening and understanding and trying to make change and being active and all that. It's impossible. So you can have as many targets as you like, and that's just one area. You have as many targets as you like, you cannot measure everything, and the things that aren't being measured don't get done. So they get dropped. So, you know, you end up with a bunch of kids who are racist but can spell. <laughs> I mean, they're not. I mean, that's a Stuart Lee. It's the end of a Stuart Lee uh, joke, I'm afraid. I've stolen it, but it's but, 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 but uh, okay. the, um, bit niche. It's a bit niche. But, but, but you, 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 you end up with schools that aren't focusing on making children leave mm. nice children. Mm. But they can yeah. they can spell on a matapia. That's very important. I'm not sure I can. <laughs> oh, the amount of times I've sit at the whiteboard going, right, who's gonna spell this one? Uh, uh Jenkins. <laughs> Jenkins, give it a go. And then I don't even know if it's spelled right on the board. I'm like, is that right, team? <laughs> you know already, you know, because obviously like 
the best-selling SPDM is Policy Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I've had to spell and respell Odyssey. <laughs> So oh, yeah. many times. Oh yeah. I mean, I've got packs right in front of me. I keep my little pack on my no. desk so I can just check. Just like, oh, that's how you do it. Okay. I mean, I, I, our second best selling thing is two years indoors, and I struggle with the word two sometimes. So there we go. <laughs> buy stuff. Right, buy moving stuff. on. We're not moving on, so I've reminded people <laughs> they need to buy stuff. Subliminal messaging there. Mm. Just, as I, I keep think going. It was subliminal. Bye, bye, bye. No, you put the B in subtle. Uh, Tatton, mm. uh, what was our most popular post of this week? Well, this is an odd one because uh, I, I like just just behind the curtain of how my mind is working this this month. I sat down on Sunday morning to make an advert because I wanted to sell some stuff on Sunday, and uh, <clears throat> was looking for a hook. And deep in uh, the Guardian's reporting. Uh, for, well, it would have been from the Observer because it's a Sunday, but it all goes up on the Guardian website. It was Wes Streeting in Singapore? Uh, Wes Streeting is Labour's health shadow secretary spokesperson. I can never remember what they're called, but but he he he's the guy who'll be the minister for health and social care should mm. Labour win the election. Yeah, and he was in Singapore to have a look at how they do it. We're always getting Singapore thrown in our faces because Singapore do you know they're really good at reading. Yeah, like and their math skills, like they can subtract <laughs> like ninjas, right? But he was there looking at their health, and they have an app called Health Three Six Five, which means that if you walk about a lot, if you get your steps up, if you do that kind of thing, you get vouchers for a supermarket, right? So it, it it promotes a healthy life, and he was like, "Oh, this is really interesting. I like this." But he was talking about like treat vouchers like the cinema and a local theme park he said i don't know if everyone's got a local theme park but anyway he was he was talking about treats for people who went for brisk walk a family brisk walk every now and again right nudge behave nudge just encouraging it's just encouraging people to be healthier and if it costs a bit of money that's fine because you're saving that money on the nhs because people are healthier that's the theory and he probably didn't think he was being very um, controversial. He just mm. said, this is, a, this is nice. The comments, though, yes. people were not big fans of this. Um, no. And some of them, they were like, this is so patronizing. This is, like, this is ableist. People were upset that he said walk rather than travel I, I i don't know kind of pot around or you know but 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 it's people didn't like it for a lot of reasons but generally they thought it was condescending generally they thought it was interfering there were concerns about privacy if you have a government app on your phone tracking where you're walking there was all all kinds of things and i think sometimes the lovely people who come on an sp they kind of hunt in packs. If the first few comments are negative, it's people feel concerned that they can't write something positive. Like, you may or may not like it, but I'm pretty sure that the overall take on it wouldn't be as negative, as entirely negative, as the comments were. They were entirely, entirely, entirely negative. 
and I think it's I think it's I think it's interesting. I don't see how it's quite as terrible as everyone said it was. Mm. And, I think and it, it's, it's the seed of an idea, isn't it? So he wasn't yeah. like laying out like this is my policy, and I've really focus grouped this, and I've you know here's what it's going to be. It, it it is literally just a reaction to like you say he was on a trip, he's seen some stuff and gone yeah that could work, and you know when these things really come to fruition, they have been they will they will be workshopped, they will be you know surveyed they will be road tested a lot better Mm -hmm. than than just you know just an off-the-cuff thing and i think it's a really good idea like i mean not 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 this app particularly but if you are a party who are likely to be in government in Mm. eight months time ten months time whatever it is traveling the world to see what other people do and to have good ideas or bad ideas or brains whatever it is is a really positive thing to do. I really because because when you're health secretary, it's really hard to pop over to Singapore for a, for a couple of days see 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 how they do it. So mm. before you're in power, what just seem yeah, just just going around cherry picking ideas and looking at things. I think it's really positive. Mm. I mean, yeah, sure. Whether or not this this app is is is, is a goer in a society like ours because one of the reasons Singapore does everything so well is that they have really tight strict controls on everything like mm. it is not a very liberal place mm. so not all Singapore ideas will work in the UK which is a very liberal country mm. but it's nice to have the space I wish we had more space without the you know, more more space for not just politicians, but for anyone to come to, to to really come up with some brand new out of the box ideas and just yeah, you know, and be able to say, you know, what do you think? This isn't fully formed without the barrage. You know, would be quite mm. good. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that we're in a right state, mm. and finding ways to be gentle to yeah finding ways out of this just finding ways I mean, the nhs in particular needs some serious looking at as to how we can do things better with similar money maybe a little bit more money but but with similar money how can we do it better and it needs to be creative and it needs to be radical really because it's broken right now and it's really expensive already so what are we going to do differently that makes sure it's free at the point of entry like to make sure it upholds those key nhs values Mm. and priority you know that is we need with yeah so you know regardless of this app I like that Labour's West Streeting is travelling about spitballing ideas. And clearly, like, it's not been a big... It wasn't widely reported. I was just sat desperately trying to find something to post about. Sometimes where the best things come from. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's where think tanks come in. Think tanks get a lot of um, stick because, you know, they're often funded quite shadily or whatever, but... Their, their job is to sit around thinking up ideas. Mm. And that's, you know, that's cool. 
quite yeah. nice. Yeah. Right, I think it's about time we move on to the mailbag. So this is the part of the podcast where we answer your questions. Ooh. Yeah, Tatton hasn't done this before. He has no idea this is <laughs> what happens next. I just make up every day. Uh, I'm just like, Ooh, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, is it time for the school run? The kids are like, yes, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Amber asks, what do we think about coalitions in the next government such as uh labor and lib dems or labor and greens well i've changed my mind oh this week i've been thinking that if the conservative party can if rishi sunak can just build from here if the economy gets better if things get better he can really challenge labor and then this week has shown me this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. That there isn't a chance in hell. Labour are going to win by you a lot. Go- I literally thought you were going to say Rishi can turn it round. And I was going to say, he's not, have he's we not been got a chance, mate. <laughs> he has not got a chance. Because, and the reason is, people in his party have decided yeah. he's not got a chance. So there's no point in, in, in kind of sticking together. There's no point in towing the line. You've mm. got to make sure that your constituents vote for you. Mm. So you've got to say what your constituents want. And then you're fighting, you're effectively fighting in, as an independent of the next election because, because it's going to be carnage. They're going to lose by so much. No conservative MP's seat is safe. Yeah. Is what I currently mm. think. I mean, you yeah. know, ask me tomorrow, I change my mind. But um, <laughs> so there's not going to be a coalition because Labour are going to win by 50 seats. They're going to win by 80 seats, going to win by 100 seats. So the Liberal Democrats, who had been definitely holding out for a coalition, had been really hopeful. And I think they will gain seats. Everyone's going to gain seats. There's going to be so many seats up for grabs. Like, um, I can't so, believe the Lib Dems would even consider a coalition again, to be honest. You know? Well, they, I mean, but, but, but it's their only chance getting into power, isn't it? Yeah, it's their only chance of getting into power and getting some of the stuff that they want, even if it's only two policies, even if it's only three things that they really want. That's better than another five, ten, fifteen, twenty years on the on the you know Mm. on the opposition benches, right? Like if I was a Liberal Democrat, yes, I'd be upset to lose the purity of of Ed Davies' vision, but. Yes, 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 the coalition with the Labour Party. Mm. Like, mm. especially this Labour Party, who are quite a liberal party, mm. who are quite centrist and liberal. There's a lot of overlap. I mean, yeah, and Labour would definitely have gotten to gone to Liberal Democrats to get the extra votes because if you're the major party, the major part, then you've still got quite a lot of freedom. Mm. Would they, like, so the, Amber asked about the Green Party. I mean, and if the Green Party was get one it's or two be seats, one or two, yeah, 
Like, I mean, they yeah. want three. They're really specific. Or is it four? Three. They're really three. Sp- three. They're really specific. Four. Oh, is about- it four? Hmm. I thought oh, it I, think, I think, I think okay. all four of them stood up because there was two. Oh, yeah. There was yeah. Sean and Sean then there Barry. was the two and then yeah. there was the two and then someone else. So so they want four seats. Yeah. So even if all of their Christmases came at once next year, they would have four MPs, which means it would have to be a really tight election result for those mm. four MPs to make a difference. And we've seen in Scotland where there are more green MSPs that yes. the Greens are a pain in the ass for the SNP because the SNP are like, we're going to do this. And the Greens are like, no, you're not. Uh, and that no. what? <laughs> um, because the Greens are not the Democrat. They, they, uh, they are obviously much more radical than, I mean, especially in the SNP because the SNP is a really broad church. Mm. Um, and so... They're hard to be in coalition with because they do their own thing. I mean, we've had a situation in Brighton where the Green MP, Caroline Lucas, joined a protest against the Green Council because because there was they were they were doing something controversial. And that's you know, that's cool. I like that because they um it demonstrates that their freedom and thinking and their individuals, but that's the world's worst party discipline in the whole wide world. <laughs> and if that's within their own party. Can you imagine Keir Starmer trying to tell them, oh, I really want you to vote like this. They'd be like, I don't care what you want. So, yeah, We're yeah, in yeah. coalition, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but mentioning the SNP, SNP and Libra will never go together, right? Because they've got quite bad blood at the minute over Scotland and fighting oh, the seats. Yes, but but mm. but the only way the SNP go into coalition is, is with an independence referendum. That's mm, the only... Exactly, yeah. Which isn't going to happen, right? I mean, Labour's never going to, never, no. never, never, never no. can go with that. And also, the last time it looked like it was going to be um, an SNP coalition, it was Alex Salmon and um, Ed Miliband. And the Conservatives just did loads of posters about saying, you vote for us or you get Alex Chaos Salmon running the country. The- <laughs> Alex yeah. Salmon will run the country uh, yeah. because he'll be telling Ed Miliband what to do. And it was, um, well, it worked, didn't it? Mm. There we go. Coalitions. So, sorry, Amber. No coalitions because because uh, this government. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Nicola has asked: Is it true that Rishi Sunak's wife will benefit from a certain outcome in the Israel Hamas war? Well, Rishi Sunak's wife is a, an immensely rich person, and when you're immensely rich, you have lots of investments in lots of different places, and I think that a certain more solid international politics, the more certainty there is about the globe, global politics, the more investments make money, right? And that, I mean, inherent within Nicola's question is that Rishi Sunak would be influenced by the outcome in because he wants his wife to and therefore you know their family him and his children to make more money and i think that is well i think it's an outrageous accusation and i don't think it's true for a second partly because she's got so much money like she's got so much money why does it matter and i think that i don't doubt for a second the Rishi Sunak's wife will, will benefit from a certain outcome i don't know which outcome would benefit more i would suspect that the outcome that would that would most benefit her across all her portfolio would be a 
settled two-state solution because that would benefit the globe. Mm. That, would, that would calm markets down. If you could invest, you know, safely, like, I think global, yeah, I think that's that's the situation. Um, she might she have some investment or even own something that benefits from an Israel victory? Sure, maybe. She probably doesn't even know what it is. Does she do all her own investing? Almost certainly not. And I think the most important thing is that Rishi Sunak is not. And I promise you this, he is not basing any policy at all on what his wife's money might do. That's that then. <laughs> yeah. You're now looking Nothing to add. Both frankly. Okay, cool. Uh, so, final question. Uh, Mary asks, how is the UK government allowed to disapply elements of human rights acts? Does it not go against the rule of law and breach the ECHR? I'm sorry, I've taken all of these, um, but I, I, but this is this is a, a huge misunderstanding. I want you to take this one. I really do want you to take this one because I think I'm. Well, Parliament is sovereign. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So if one and no Parliament can bind the hands of a future government, a future Parliament, excuse me, mm. the Labour Party introduced the Human Rights Act. That was a bill that went through Parliament, like any other bill that goes through Parliament. This parliament can undo the whole thing if they wanted to. They can repeal the Human Rights Act. So if this parliament passes a bill, which it's which it's doing at the moment, I mean we're, we're going to talk about this later, but that says this part of the Human Rights Act doesn't apply here, that's cool. They can do that if they want. Any law, any piece of legislation can be changed. Our parliament, we're not in the EU, we're not in the EU anymore. Our parliament is sovereign. Our parliament is the boss. We do not have... We have the, the UN says we have human rights, mm-hmm. gives us certain human rights, but they're not sovereign in this country. If this country... If, if it, it is up to our government, and then parliament votes through whatever our rules are. We have no written constitution. We have nothing that says, like in America, they've got the constitution and they can change the constitution, they can amend the constitution if they get like three quarters, Charlotte, is it? Three quarters yeah, of, the, of, of Congress to vote, vote it through. And I think it'd be a good idea if we had some protection on some things where we can change it, but it would take three quarters, not just half of MPs to vote it through. I think that'd be a really, really good positive change for us as a country. But we don't. It, it takes it takes 326 MPs to vote for something and they can change it. Because Parliament's sovereign, because we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this idea that it might infringe human rights, well, it would just change human rights. Act. Yeah, but international treaties are trickier, right? So... Yeah, but we can work. I yeah. mean, we, we don't have to stick by them. Hmm. We can withdraw yeah. from any international treaty we want to withdraw from because yeah. we're sovereign. We do what we want. Yeah. But that's not always without repercussion, right? Oh, of course. 
So oh, of course, yeah. Like, 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 if we if we were to turn around and you know get rid of some of our fundamental human rights, which we could, like, no country would invest with us. No, like, there'd, there'd be sanctions. Like, like, there'd, there'd be, be sanctions. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to. Like, yeah. there's all kind all kinds of sanctions, all yeah. kinds of things. But that's up to them. We yeah, do okay. what we want to do. Yeah. And they can get all cross if they want. They can get a war with us if they want. I mean, you know, we've got like nuclear stuff, so I'd advise against it, busters. But <laughs> we do what we want. Oh, sorry, I just had an image of you trying to pick a fight with someone <laughs> outside a pub. Right, busters. <laughs> yeah, I'd advise against this. <laughs> <laughs> I would strongly advise against this, Busters. I will just cry, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and they'll be like, oh, no. I'll be like, yeah, that's how it's going to go down. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but it is a funny one. I find the whole thing a little bit like, yeah, sure, I get the sovereignty bit. I get all of it. But it is the consequence. It's like, you know, I say to my kids on certain things, yeah, do it. But, you know, wait and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why children break so many bones, scared. isn't it? I... <laughs> yeah. I'd be more scared of Diane picking a fight <laughs> with me than Tatum. Just based on those two <laughs> interactions there. Yeah. I'm not yeah. Mu- I'm not much of a fighter. Yeah. What are we gonna do? Interesting to see how all that plays out. Let's move on to the third section. This is PM Watch. So it has been quite a week for Rishi Sunak. What's he been up to, Tatum? I mean, it's been a heck of a week, isn't it? What he's been up to is losing the election next year. That's what he's been busy doing all week. We knew at the end of last week there was going to be emergency legislation to come back on the Rwanda bill. And we knew that it was going to be slightly tricky to get through because we know that the people on the right of the Conservative Party are like, just want to go full hard. We're sovereign. We're going to sort this. Get thee to Rwanda. And we knew that the people in the centre of the party are like, yeah, but, you know, human rights and things. And, and so Monday started with Rishi Sunak in um, the COVID committee, in the inquiry. And he, he, Dan and I were talking while he, while he was doing this. He, was, he seemed to be being deliberately dull. Yeah. He seemed to be being deliberately unquotable. He, I mean, it, you know, he, he, he defended, obviously he defended his actions. One thing that was quite interesting was he was like, why didn't you speak to the health secretary about eat out to help out? And he said, well, why would I? Right. the health secretary had said that it is safe to eat out. The health, the, the, all the science, and we've told people that it's safe to eat out. If that's not the case, then we shouldn't have done that. And if that is the case, then I'm going to encourage them to do it because people's jobs depend on it. And I thought it's an interesting argument that if you just take, take what someone says, then you can just do what you want. After that, mm. I mean, I, th- I think it's also clearly infighting and 
little cliques and little power plays or whatever. But I, I thought that was an interesting argument anyway. Um, and then me, and then and then people were circling around the Rwanda bill, and then there, was this, there was a huge speculation and interest uh, because nothing like it was all going uh, badly, and the prime minister called some a group of uh of, of of right conservatives onto the right of the party for a breakfast meeting and it was like oh breakfast and i in the car we had a, i was having a big politics conversation with my middle child with alfred and uh, we were trying to work out whether they'd be having pan raisin or bacon sandwiches and it turned out that it was bacon sandwiches mm-hmm. um i don't think there's many vegetarians on that wing of the conservative party so bacon sandwiches it was i don't think lee anderson's a croissant man i mean he's not a total monster everyone's a croissant man (laughs) who doesn't not a croissant unless it's gluten-free but you can't get them these days um (laughs) not a croissant man i'm gonna tweet and ask him that he isn't um do you reckon he's more of a pan au chocolat? No. Is that, is that? I mean, a pa- <laughs> I, I don't think anything French is going to be his Do you think he calls breakfast. it a French stick? When yes. uh when he when he buys a baguette. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because we have we have we have baguette baguette wars at home in my house because because I for me they're always a baguette and for uh for the wonderful Katie and my stepson they're always a French stick and I hate the term French stick. So we uh we battle <laughs> we battle over it. Uh but in like a really I thought you meant baguette wars oh, with oh, no, no, the no, 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 that's like, not that's, that's not the way I fight. I fight uh. with subtle digs. <laughs> Words. Well, <laughs> and so uh, I mean we don't we don't actually have this, this argument outright. I'm just like, oh, you bought a baguette from the shop, did you? And they'll be like, Yes, we bought a French stick. I'm like, ah, good baguette work. Um <laughs> anyway, uh they had this um they had their bacon sandwiches, and all day there was speculation as to whether or not it would pass and you know what it just became increasingly clear to me that it was it was going to pass like Mm. if it didn't pass its second reading and no bill has not passed its second reading that's the first vote in the commons no government bill has not passed its first its first vote its second reading it's really complicated i'm sorry since like the 80s yeah if this vote didn't go through it would bring down the government. Mm. It would bring down the government because it would show that Rishi Sunak can't, can't, you know, can't, can't even get his key policy through. Yeah. And it might not have broken down now, but over January it would have done and would either have another Conservative Party leadership contest in January or would just have a February general election. And no one wants to go into a general election in this much of a state no so it was clear that they weren't going to vote against it and they might abstain so if you don't like something you've got a choice of not voting at all or voting against and if they didn't vote at all they would need like 60 mps to not vote at all and if they voted against they need like 30 mps to vote against 
And it just seemed less and less likely. And then in the end, nobody, not one Conservative MP voted against it. I think Marc Francois voted against it, but he's not a Conservative MP because he got kicked out of the party for being awful. So now we stumble on Rishi Sunak's authority is not really intact. This bill, I think, will go through because at the moment, yeah, they've they've literally called themselves like the five families, yeah. five separate groups. Shut five. up, five families. But but that's just how splintered it is, isn't there? There's like I, there's an article today in one of the main newspapers, the five different. Tory, like taking you through the different conservative factions and what each of them think and what they might be motivated by. And it's just, that's what he's trying to govern. Yeah. But do you know what? Do you know what? Labour are just as, just as splintered. They're just all shutting up. Mm. And they will continue to shut up in government because when Mm. you're, when you have a government that's doing well, if you're splintered, if you're one of the five families in whichever party, you are lobbying to get your policies into the law book and you know that's only going to happen if you shut up and take the whip if you shut up and do as you're told but no, but there's, but that's not that's just not happening now i think that this bill will pass pretty much unamended i think that all of this opposition will crumble away over christmas I think that there will be conversations, they will be speaking on Zoom and on the phone when they're back in their constituencies. I think WhatsApp, there will be buzzing. I think generally, we will get to the point where everyone goes fine. I think we're going to see a more unified Conservative Party in January because it is election year and they have to save themselves from Armageddon. And this story will fizzle out. I don't think a plane's going to take off. I think that not before the election. I think that my predictions are useless. And uh, <laughs> none of what I say is going to happen. But that's, that's the feeling I get. We will see. And we should just clarify that Marc Francois hasn't been kicked out of the Tory party. He sits uh, in independent. No, it doesn't. It's a Tory. I just double checked because I didn't remember him not being a conservative. He got, he got MP. well. He got suspended because uh, he said that the um, COVID vaccine was like the Holocaust. No, that wasn't Marc Francois. That was yes, that um, another yeah. one. It begins with an A. Was that not Marc Francois? No, Andrew Bridgen. Bridgen was it him? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think Andrew Bridgen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was the oh, vaccine gosh. one. S- similar vibes, mm. similar part of the party. Uh, but yeah, apologies to Marc Francois, if you're listening. Um, Mark, Mark, what can I say? I'm so sorry. I wonder what Andrew, I mean, Andrew Bridgen presumably voted against it. I don't think no, anyone he didn't. did. Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't vote. He didn't. Andrew Bridgen. There we go. The Reclaim Party MP. It's so easy to forget that the uh, Reclaim Party have an MP. Um, the Reclaim Party MP vote, did not vote against. Nope. Well, there we go. Um, oh, hang on. Hang on. Yes, he did. 
Goodness me. <laughs> that and was, that was someone, a roller coaster. <laughs> like, listen, listen up. I, I love Parliament and I, I know Parliament really well. And also, I'm totally useless. So uh, <laughs> there's 650 MPs. It's a it lot to a, kind of keep yeah, track. Yeah, that's true. There's only uh, there's only one Reclaim Party MP, isn't there? <laughs> right, let's move on. He said he was the. He did. He, he did, did the vaccine he, thing. Andrew yeah. Bridgen did not vote in the second reading of the safety of Rwanda asylum and immigration bill. Okay. So I was correct. There we go. He did vote against yeah. the Labour amendment to stop it having a second reading. Ah, uh, okay. So he was around. He then just chose yeah. to abstain. To abstain. What a roller coaster that oh. was. <laughs> See, this doesn't happen on the rest right. of politics. That was so. live fact checking, <laughs> wasn't it? Literally. <laughs> Wonder how much of that will get cut. <laughs> Let's move on to the final section of the podcast. It's the crystal ball. So we talked about what's been happening this week, but what will happen next week? Tatten. Yule log will happen. <laughs> Egg nog <laughs> will happen. Um, and Christmassy things. We're going to be winding down. SP, we're all having a little, a little Christmas drink. Um, mm. That'd be nice. It's going to be relatively quiet conservatives aren't going to want to say very much labor might try and do a little bit but i think i think i think we're due for a relatively quiet festive period oh gosh i've just looked at the script and it says diane i'd say things will quieten down before christmas and now and now i realize that i've said that I've taken your line. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. Um, so, Diane, what would you say? I think we're going to be flat out next week. <laughs> no, it's going to be it's going to be exactly that, except if you're Rishi Sunak, because you're probably going to be WhatsApping your little heart out over Christmas, going, "Please vote for me, get behind Did you just me." Call- did you just call Rishi Sunak small? Was that a height joke about Rishi Sunak? No. That seems mean. <laughs> I'm only I mean, he is a very four. little man. He's a very little man, but there's no reason to call it to say he's got a little heart. Little, little Sunak's little heart. No, that's mean. <sighs> don't try um, and stir it. Okay. I, just, I just don't know why you're being so horrid. We're, SP was supposed to be a bit ab- ab- above that. Yeah. Okay. But before the listeners have to hear this debate, let's wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening. If you've made it this far, remember next week we will have our special end of year uh, reflection. So look forward to that. And yeah, thank you very much, Tatten and Diane. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye, 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 Thanks, bye, bye. Charlotte. Bye. Bye. just heard a stripped media production.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.